In your worship folder is an outline. You can follow along the verses we're going to look at today. Most of them are on it. There's a couple, there's three fill-ins on the things that we're going to talk about today. It's kind of a, um, it's, it's, it's got the potential to be a, just a great day. It's also got the potential to be a day that you're like, yeah, I really didn't want to hear that. So we'll see. Anyhow, anyhow, um, last week we started this new series um, and we're just saying, why be common? Uncommon is, is way better. It's way more fun. You know, why be normal? Uh, we want to do that. Last week, we asked kind of a question. We tried to answer the question of how many of you want to make a difference? And that's kind of what we talked about last week. Um, because I think deep down inside, most people really do want to make a difference. They don't want to just, I don't want to just float along. I want to make a difference. I want there to be something that, that changes because of me. This week's question is, how many of you want to be stronger? In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that. Let's see a show of hands. How many of you want to be stronger? Okay. All right. Good. Because last week, we started talking about developing this uncommon life. Okay. A life of, uh, a life of faith, a Christ-like life. And we talked about last week how it begins with uncommon knowledge. We just sang a song that had the good news and it's so exciting. And if you know Jesus and you have experienced the good news, it's good news. And the sad thing is, people who don't know it, it says, we, we talked about this last week, it's kind of a scary thing. The people who don't know Jesus is the God of this world, Satan, he says, is blinding their minds to that. So that's why you can talk to somebody and it makes perfect sense to you. It's like, look what Jesus did. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because they don't. People who know Jesus have uncommon knowledge. And we don't want to be common. Uncommon is way better. That's what we want to be. So that's what we talked about last week. If you didn't hear that, um, the websites are currently in, in we're working on them. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you can go to iloveourchurch.com or journeynorthchurch.com and they will have links to the messages. You can listen to the messages for free and they, they have um, links to the giving for those of you who give, do the online giving thing. Um, they have links to that there. So the websites are, are coming there. You're going to love it. It's going to be good. Anyhow, anyhow. Um, that's what we talked about last week. It all starts with knowing the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Today, we're going to kind of continue in this, in this uncommon thing, and we're going to continue actually where we left off in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians as well, about how God developed in Paul and his companions an uncommon strength. And that's what we want, is strength. But to make sure we're on the same page, I want, here's, here's what I mean when I say strength. I'm not talking about, you know, I can, I can lift, you know, all this. That, that's not what we're talking about. Here's what strength means. What does it mean to be strong in your life? It means I keep my head when everything around me is going crazy. That's strength. It means I hang on to hope. Even in a season of loss or pain or grief, that's strength. It means I remain confident, even in the face of criticism. That's strength. It means I stand by biblical values, even against the current of cultural change. That's strength. Now, most of us in here, we know strong people. We know people who have endured. People who, they've walked through suffering, but they've kept their character. They've kept their confidence. And here's the truth that you need to hear today. God wants to grow in you an uncommon strength that lasts forever. That's what he wants. That's the good news. 
Here's the bad news. <laughs> we all want that. We all want that uncommon strength. Here's the problem. We get stronger when we learn how to cling to our faith in God in seasons of trials and suffering. In other words, no pain, no gain. The Apostle Paul, the one who wrote what we're going to be reading in a moment under God's inspiration, was a strong man, endured a lot. We're going to read about what made him like that, how he got that way. I'm in 2 Corinthians, be up on the screen, it's on your outline as well. 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 8, he says this, We are pressed on every side, pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. He says, yes, we live under constant danger. He lived under constant danger of death, he said, because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident by our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death. We live that way, but this has resulted in eternal life for you is what he says, verse 13, but we continue. We continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. That's what we should all be saying. If we really did believe in God and he really did do in us what we said he did, we should speak about it. But often we don't because of those things that he mentioned. I'm, you know, I'm pressed, I'm perplexed, I'm hunted down, and we often don't speak. He says, I can't not speak. He says, verse 14, we know that God, who raised Jesus, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. He said, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small. It's amazing when you read that. Our present troubles are small and won't last very long. If we were writing this, it would be... Um, I couldn't get my snowblower started. <laughs> my car got stuck. You know, oh, the internet's not working. I can't go on Facebook. You know, he had his present troubles. He said, my present troubles are small. He was being uh, beaten numerous times, often left for dead, shipwrecked, fearing for his life. He was stoned with rocks, <laughs> totally different than the picture you may have had. When he says, our present troubles are small, I think, oh my goodness, what he's going through. And he says, my present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze. That's going to be a key. 
We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Paul, in talking about what gave him this uncommon strength, used four phrases to describe the situations he'd suffered. They were pressed. They were perplexed. They were hunted down. They were knocked down. When he says pressed, think of literally being pressed because the word means constricted. Everything is constricting around you. He said, you are, affl- you are afflicted by this constriction. That's what the word literally means. And it's often used in the Bible to talk about tribulation, but also to assure us that every tribulation happens under God's authorization. God doesn't cause the stuff you're going through. But there's a reason that he allows it. And actually, no tribulation that you go through, no persecution, no affliction, no constriction that you go through can separate us from God's best if we live by faith in the middle of those circumstances. You don't have to say, I'm in the middle of this, I'm experiencing this instead of God's best. You can be right in the middle of that and still experience God's best because what constricts us What presses hard on us, ironically, opens up God's limitless power as he takes us through those limiting circumstances and not merely out of them. As we go through them, we are able to see his power. That's what pressed is. When he says perplexed, perplexed means to be at a loss. Just like, I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to feel. I don't know who I can trust. I don't know. I am at a loss. He says, we are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. He says, we're hunted down. That's, That's the season we're in right now. I have a handful of people that doesn't matter if they run into me at Walmart or church, the first words out of their mouth are whether they did or didn't get a deer or somebody with them did or didn't get a deer. It's hunting season. And when it, when he says we're hunted down, here's what you need to think of being aggressively chased or pursued like some hunter is pursuing a prey. That's the position he found himself in. He says, we're hunted down. And when you're hunted down, the easiest thing to do is to feel like you're alone as you're running for your life. And he said, we're hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. Even if you feel that way, you're not alone. And knocked down literally just means knocked down. It's like you're in a fight and you get knocked down, you get cast down, you get thrown down. He says, we're knocked down, but we're not destroyed. So he understood what it was to go through those things. Let me ask you this, as you hear the definition of those, anybody ever been there? Some of you, I could tell by by the way you were nodding your head, you were either just about ready to go out or you were agreeing. (laughs) You've been there. And some of you, you're there. It's like, yeah, that could be describing me. You know, when the pressure is on, when the stress is high, when unfair circumstances happen, when unfair criticism comes, when, when unexpected news hits, when the loss happens. The phrase Paul utters in response to all of this is absolutely key. He says, but we continue. But we continue. That, that is a huge key. The key to developing uncommon strength, if you want it, 
is to keep going, to keep growing in spite of the pain and pressure. We're told in Psalm 23 that, you know, if I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me. The key to that is that's like going through hell. And many of you here understand what it is to go through hell. My best advice to people going through hell, don't stop. Would you agree that's a bad place to stop? He says you go through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, you're going to have to go through it, but don't stop there. Paul says we keep going. We continue, and if you want uncommon strength, you've got to keep going and growing in spite of the pain and the pressure. So that's really easy to say. How do you do that? I've been to way too many messages that said, that's what you've got to do. You're dismissed. Go home. Have a good day. <laughs> Paul explains how he got through it all in this passage. He says, Here's how, you want to get through it? Here's how you get through it. One word, focus. It's about focus. It was what he decided to concentrate on in the middle of those trials. God didn't take him out of them. He took him through them. But it's what he focused on during those trials. So here's the YBH. Three things to focus on. First thing, Paul says, focus on how God's grace can be on display. Now that's, what that means is instead of thinking, oh, poor me. I don't deserve this. I deserve way better. I'm having a pity party. Life is so hard for me. It may be, but when you focus on that, it's only going to feel worse. Paul says, you're going to go through it, but when you go through it, shift your focus to see how God's grace can be on display here. He said, as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That's a result of all those bad things he was going through. He focused on, here's what God is going to do through this. He's reaching all these people. He's reaching these towns. He's changing these lives because he's shining through what I'm going through. And that would not have happened had Paul's focus been on him. I have this terrible affliction. I have this bad thing. This stuff's going to me. They're beating me. They're chasing me. I'm getting shipwrecked. He, he talked about those things, but he didn't focus on those things. He focused on how God's grace could shine through those things. Because what's happening in your life at this moment, is just a small piece of what God is doing to put His grace on display for all eternity's sake. You, you realize God is so infinitely concerned about you and loves you so much, He went to the cross to die for you. But you realize you're not the only piece in the puzzle. He sees what you're going through. He wants to go through you, through it with you and have you grow through it But he's doing that with people all around you and things all around you. I come in here and it's so easy. I'm sure it is for you too to come in here and there are occasions when it's like, woe is me. If you only knew the stories that were walking in this door next to you. In my position, I hear some of them coming in. And people will share things to me and it it will just break my heart. It's like, never struggled with that my entire life. Didn't have to go through that. I can't even imagine how you're still standing. But see, God can give grace for the moment. He can get you through those things. He can get you through those things. And God can get the glory, and we can see people coming to Jesus as a result of that, but only when we focus on God's grace on display. I'm a trophy of His grace. 
I'm proof that God's grace can do amazing things. Remember what Paul said in the passage we read last week, verse 7. I'm going to read it again. He said, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. I, this is one of my favorite passages. I love this because I consider myself just like I said, I'm just a cracked pot. But God's grace and light can shine through. But it can't if all I ever have concerned with is the cracks. Oh, woe is me. Life is hard. Instead of focusing on what God can do through that. See, anybody that, he says, he says, it makes it clear that our power is from God, not from ourselves. Anybody that knows me well knows that. Whenever anything good happens because of anything I've said or done, it's very easy for everybody to say, God did that. We know Tim didn't. <laughs> and that's okay because God is the one doing that. So the first thing we do is focus in the middle of our stuff that we're going through. How can God's grace be on display here? The second thing we focus on, number two, focus on how God is growing you up on the inside. You focus on how God is growing you up on the inside because Paul said, even though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed. He said, every day. Because what God does when the pressure is on, when those things are happening, is he wants to grow us from the inside out. So how does this work? Why does he do it that way? How does it work? It's actually a universal principle. And there are many things that I stand up here and I speak with a little bit of authority on. Not because I'm so smart, but some things I've studied for like 40 years and and I I know a little bit. Emphasis on little bit, all right? There are many things... Whoops. My my alarm is going off. We're going to pause. And I'm going to ask, it's 11 o'clock. It's 11 on the 11th day of the 11th month. When armistice was si- the signed with Germany went into effect and World War I ended. Um, if you are a veteran, I would like you to please stand. One, one day a year is not enough to say thank you for all that has been done so that we could be in a place like this talking about the freedom that comes from Jesus because there were people who put their lives on the line so that we could experience freedom. So um, please um, don't just do this on 11-11. Every day, thank a veteran. Thank a veteran. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> There are things that um, if I spoke on, you would not even listen because I could not speak authoritatively on those things. If I started talking about them, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for instance, if I started talking about hair care products, (laughs) who is going to take my advice? (laughs) It's (laughs) Dina. There's a band of brothers there. <laughs> but anyhow, anyhow. 
there's a number of things like that. Like, for instance, if I talked about working out, you'd look at me and it's like, yeah, I think I'll get my, uh, my advice from somewhere else. But I looked it up. So I'm speaking with somebody else's authority at the moment on this because I am fascinated with it. I'm not, like, fascinated enough to actually exercise a lot, but, but I'm fascinated with how it all works because you can lift weights for like not a long time, like half hour, 45 minutes, three, four days a week, and you get stronger. You get stronger and stronger. It's amazing. But it's actually how you get stronger that fascinates me. You see, your muscles don't actually grow during a workout. They grow after the workout. When you're working out, when your muscles encounter strong resistance, they suffer from something called micro-tearing. And I know some of you, you've just now decided, okay, not exercising. (laughs) Doesn't sound like a good thing. But see, here's what happens. When you exercise and that micro-tearing happens in your muscles, when you're done working out, the muscles start repairing themselves. That's, that's what they do. That's how God made us. And it's actually during that repair process that muscles actually grow and get stronger. I think that's fascinating <laughs> because I think it's also how life works. That's what Paul said here. It's through the stress. It's through the tearing. It's through the problems that we grow. And we're not going to feel the growing and the strength in the middle of the problem probably but we can pass through it and we can realize that we grew. And if you're in the middle of it and you focus on how God is growing you up in the process, you'll see glimpses of it. And you'll be able to see that God is doing something through this. This is not a waste. If you don't grow through it, then it's a waste. So first thing we do is we focus on how God's grace can be on display. Then we focus on how God is growing you up on the inside And then we focus on, number three, the goal God has for you. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, God has a goal for you. There's an end game. There's a reason for stuff. And you can summarize it in a whole bunch of different ways. One of my favorite ways to summarize it is when you focus on the goal God has for you, here it is, enjoying Him forever. I think it's the, the... Westminster Shorter Catechism from like bazillion years ago that they kind of quantified a bunch of this stuff. And it's just fascinating because one of the statements in it I absolutely love, it says, man's chief and highest aim is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. You talk to people who don't know God, I can pretty much guarantee the word enjoy is very seldom in the same sentence as God because they don't get it. The goal God has for you is to enjoy Him forever, and it starts now. goes through all eternity. Paul said our present troubles are small. They won't last very long. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. That's not where our focus is, he said. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. I love... One of the phrases from Paul I love the most, especially in this passage, is that is why we never give up. That's a good thing to have on the, uh, in, your, in your head 
from, from Scripture so that you can say, okay, okay, I understand it hurts, I understand this is bad, but this is why I never give up, because there's a different focus. I'm looking at something other than just the problem that I'm going through. Is the problem still there? Yeah. Does it hurt? Yeah. But there's more to it. You can focus on how God's grace can be on display and lives can be changed because of this and you can get stronger. You can focus on how God's growing you up on the inside and you can focus on the fact that God has a goal for you. It's not always just your comfort. See, too many people want to give up because it's so hard and they forget God's not finished yet. I hear people, they look at other people they look, and that's a bad thing to do. I mean, people watching is not, that's fun. That's why I go to the mall, is to watch people. I, somebody said the other day, I thought it was kind of funny, that they, they, should, just, they should make a, a second level on Walmart with like a gallery. <laughs> so that we could just go there and sit and watch people. Because it's hilarious, I love it. But when you look at other people, you almost always get in trouble if you're looking at them and thinking, oh, I wish, it was, I, wish I was like that. I wish my story was like that. And we always forget we're looking at their highlight reels and we're comparing them to our outtakes and bloopers. They have just as many as we do. And here's the thing. If I could be anybody, anybody, you know who I'd like to be? Me. Why would I want to be anybody else? I know the problems, I know the struggles, and I know what God is doing. And He made me to be me. He made you to be you. And He wants to bring you through what you're going through and to make you stronger. And you say, I don't like my story though. Your story's not done yet. God has an amazing story for you. He wants to be the one with you to write it. It's not your outcome that will bring you the most joy. It's His outcome. You have no idea the people that you're impacting. You have no idea what you're doing and how you're doing it is making an impact on people around you, some watching you, some not watching you. It's, it, we got extremely sad news this week. I mean, there's a lot of sadness in life. But we got some really sad news. It's like for all, for all of you who go to Walmart often, um, my favorite greeter, Walmart, Walmart, Robert, passed away. And I spent, I don't know how many years talking to Robert literally every day. I would go in and talk with him and, and I remember he, he, got, he, he, know, he knew my name. I'd walk in and say, hey, Tim, and he, you know, he'd have some knock-knock joke or something. But, but I remember going up one time, not that long ago, to talk to him. And he pulled me aside over to the side because I had said, hey, how's it going? And he says, good, good. He pulls me aside and he looks at me and he says, my wife passed away. And it was like he was being good for everybody, but you could see he was hurting. So right there at the enter entrance to Walmart, standing between the things that normally beep if you steal something, we prayed. I said, can I pray for you? He said, yeah. Put my arm around him, I prayed for him. And it kind of shifted our relationship a little bit. It changed it a little bit. And I don't know if you remember, if you were here a couple years ago, um, for Easter, we gave away these little um, crosses, olive wood crosses that were made from olive wood from the Holy Land. And I had one in my pocket when I got done talking to Robert. And I pulled it out of my pocket and I said, I would like you to hang on to this. It would remind, to help remind you 
that, that there's, there's more to this than what you see. And that Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. And in the middle of this pain, he still has good. A little while later, he says, I want to show you something. He pulls this thing out of, my, out of his pocket, and it's like this little pouch. And he says, I want to show you this. And it's like, okay, it's a nice pouch. <laughs> I don't know why you're showing this. And he opens it up, and he had something in it that somebody gave him, some coin or something. I don't remember what it was. I think it might have been a veteran's thing because he was a veteran. And, um, and he pulled that out and showed me, told me what it was. And then, and then he pulled the cross out. He says, I've had this in my pocket every day since, and I love putting my hand in my pocket and feeling that cross and knowing that there's hope. And by the way, this is a public service announcement. If you call Journey North Church home, you're a greeter. doesn't matter if you're on the schedule or not. You're a greeter. You can be a Robert greeter, or you can just be a so-so greeter. We need Robert greeters. I went to Walmart, and I would actually, if I went in this entrance and I heard him in this entrance... I would go to that entrance so that I could get my Robert fix for the day. That's how we want people feeling here, by the way. Anyhow, <laughs> your story's not finished yet. And right in the middle of pain that you're going through, you can still display God's glory. You can still be that encouragement to somebody. You can still be that welcoming hand to somebody. You can still give that word, that look, that touch that people need, regardless of what you're going through. That's why we don't give up, because God isn't finished, and you don't have the whole story yet. So here's here's how we're going to kind of end this. Don't just look at your problems. I understand you have problems. (laughs) That didn't come out right. You have problems. (laughs) We all have problems. I understand that. And you need to work through them. You need to handle it. You need to, I understand all that. But don't just look at your problems. Look past your problems. Because if you don't, you'll get to the point where you don't think you will ever get past them. And God wants you to get past them. Here's the question for you today. Do you want what God wants for you? So the question becomes, do you want comfort now or strength for all time? And I know what you're thinking. (laughs) I want both. (laughs) It's okay to want both. But when the main priority becomes comfort now, you forget about the strength for all time. And so it really is not a question of changing what's going on around you. It's a question of changing your focus. What am I focusing on? There's a verse in Psalm I read this week. Absolutely love this verse, Psalm 1611. It's very easy to just read it and and not see the, the breadth of this verse. He says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And you read that and it's like, yeah, that sounds great. He made known to me the path of life. Abundant life. Real life. He changed my life. And it says, you will fill me with joy in your presence. That's today. That's right in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. He wants to fill you with the joy of his presence today and with eternal pleasures, he said, at your right hand. That's forever. Joy forever. That's what God wants to do in us. So the question is, is it so much more important for you to have your comfort now or your strength for all time? I'd like to ask you to bow your heads as we pray.
I know that there's many of you here, you've, um, you've taken that step. You've crossed the line from unbelief to belief. You've claimed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And maybe today it's just a matter of refocusing, of fixing your eyes on the right thing, on looking at the right things, and not just looking at your problems, but looking past them. But maybe, maybe you're hearing this today, and you don't have that relationship with Jesus. You don't know about that focus. You're only focused on what you're going through because that's all you have. If that's true, Jesus brought you here today even if you thought you came for another reason. He brought you here today to hear the good news, that he loved you more than you could ever imagine, enough that he sent his son, Jesus, to come and die for you on the cross to pay for your sins. And in simple faith saying, Jesus, I don't understand that, but I understand I'm a sinner, and I'm going to trust that what you did paid for my sin. I'm going to believe in you. I am going to follow you. I'm turning it over to you. My way's not working. I'm turning it over to you. Your life will change. Will your problems go away? No. But you'll have someone who will never leave you or forsake you and walk with you through those problems, as well as a family of God that will walk with you through those problems. Father, I know that there's many here who have already made that choice. They've taken that step. They've crossed that line. And I pray that for all of us who have made that choice, that today we would make the choice once again to change our focus, to take it off what we're going through and to see what you're doing in our life, how your grace can be on display, how you can grow us through those things and to keep our eyes focused on what you have for us, the goal, the destiny that you have for us. And Father, for anybody who's never experienced that, my prayer would be that in simple faith as they turn to Jesus today and say, I want that. I believe that he paid for my sin on the cross and I want that so that as we sang earlier, they can understand and experience what it is to be free, what it is to have their their past forgiven and a meaning and purpose in life today and a hope for the future. Father, thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please stand for the closing song. To be free now and experience that joy and to realize that in my Father's house is a place for me because I'm a child of God. You see, that's what He wants for you. When He says, I'm free, He doesn't mean you're free from trouble. You know, He actually promised trouble. But he also promised to be with us in the trouble, to grow us through the trouble, to make us stronger through the trouble, and to display his glory through it. So, don't just go through it. The bad news is you got to go through it anyhow. Don't just go through it, grow through it. In light of something I said last week, and in light of what happened this morning, with our wonderful Minnesota weather. I saw this this week. If you choose not to find joy in the snow, you will have less joy in your life. Mm 
But still the same amount of snow. I'm just saying. You have to go through it anyhow. We might as well find the joy and grow through it because as believers, God wants us to have uncommon strength. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you that you take all of these things that we go through, the hurt, the loss, the pain, the grief, the problems, and you can use it to sharpen us, to grow us, to strengthen us, to declare your glory to those around us who so desperately need hope and use it in our lives, not only knowing that we have an incredible future one day and a destiny in heaven, but we can have joy right now in the middle of it. Father, thank you for that. And I pray that each of us would be able to have the correct focus, keeping our eyes fixed on you. We love you. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.